Hi, welcome to Revenue Marketing Television, the CMO Insights channel. I am your host, Jeff Pedowitz, President and CEO of the Pedowitz Group. This morning, we have as a guest on our show, Stephen Bonacorsi, who is multi-talented with all things Six Sigma. He is president of the International Standard for Six Sigma, and he also runs the largest social networking group for Six Sigma on LinkedIn. So Stephen, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jeff. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. So I know we were discussing, we, we do got a little bit of a battle, you know, you're New England, right? So you got all the Patriots and sports teams. I'm in Dallas. So. <laughs> well, Don't be a hater. <laughs> try, try not to. <laughs> um, so I really, I find your background fascinating because uh, a lot of oh, what we do certainly is applying uh, process optimization to sales and marketing. So tell me a little bit about your history with Six Sigma. You are a black belt. Um, and, and how are you applying that in, in your business dealings? Well, I'm, uh, I started out with General Electric uh, as a green belt, progressed to a black belt. I'm actually a master black belt today. Uh, they started out with uh, Six Sigma as a methodology. And then that progressed into uh, the lean methodology where I pursued lean, which is was born as a separate methodology out of the Toyota production group. Um, I, and it was actually called TPS, Toyota Production Systems, before it got converted to the more popular coin name, Lean, uh, sometimes referred to as Lean Manufacturing, although it's done in services as well. But well, I, I was actually um, involved with a company called George Group uh, many years ago that uh, first integrated Lean the Six Sigma. So I was actually the the leader that helped first take the two methodologies, uh, look what was common amongst them, where the synergies applied, and, and first integrated and rolled that out across numerous companies. So I actually rolled it out to, right now my count is around 28 Fortune 100 companies, somewhere between 40 and 50 Fortune 500 size companies. So I, I uh, today I'm the president of the International Standard for Lean Six Sigma. It's, it's a management consultancy firm. And it's international. I, I support a lot of other consultancies. Uh, I've written, um, uh, like, for example, the, the, the Lean Six Sigma and, and, and Six Sigma exams for ASQ. I've developed a lot of um, content, uh, curriculums and content for companies uh, that they're using for training. Uh, so I'm involved a lot with the certification process. And I also own that uh, the group, as you mentioned, Lean Six Sigma on LinkedIn and about you know, 30 other groups like the Lean Six Sigma Black Belt or the Green Belt. So we got a lot of different networking places that I've helped coordinate to bring folks together, primarily to share best practices, lessons learned, uh, to help each other find information about where they can get trained, where they can get coaching. And it's a worldwide group, so we've got folks from all over the place with different industries, different needs. And our goal really is to uh, have a forum that doesn't cost you know, anybody to come in and just basically have a free place to communicate with each other. Uh, people come on in and look for jobs. We, we usually get a couple hundred jobs posted every week. We're, we're actually the second largest, uh, excuse me, the second most active group on LinkedIn. Uh, so in my business, I actually have the consultancy side as well as the marketing side because the network is so big. We have about 11 million followers overall. Wow. On my social media. Yeah, that's, that's, that's massive. So, uh, but yeah. so, so tell me a little bit, I mean, because certainly people that are familiar with Lean Six Sigma, it has its roots and still is very strong within manufacturing, right, um, yeah. and supply chain. 
but the principles of it have been expanding to other parts of the enterprise. So, um, but I'd be interested in, since you, you do this full time, um, how has that moved into more of the front office? How are sales and marketing departments within these global organizations applying some of the principles of Lean and Six Sigma in their business? Well, I, yeah, I would agree that you know the, both methodologies, Lean, Six Sigma, and even Lean Six Sigma when we first integrated, was really born in manufacturing. Uh, it was in all the examples and stuff that we had were in there. Now, I actually helped... Uh, transition that into the services side because that's where I grew up. I actually grew up with an IT background. Uh, I was working in financial companies. I was working on the transactional side of IT, uh, insurance, retail. So these are places that didn't have customer facing. These were very different than the manufacturing world. In fact, most service folks like myself didn't really understand some of the examples they were talking about because I didn't understand some of the machines on the manufacturing side. Uh, you know, how do you apply this in sales or HR? So it just didn't make sense, uh, some of the examples they had. So we had to find ways to do this. Uh, but it, it, it was probably around uh, very late 1980s that we started running projects that a lot of these were in places that had large processes, a lot of repeated repetitive stuff like call centers uh, where we had you know people calling nonstop and we would have a certain process that we would follow iteratively. Uh, then that started transition, transitioning again into large transactional processes, simple stuff like invoicing. You know, you were basically putting mm -hmm. the invoice together every month. Uh, we started sales folks wanted to obviously leadership wanted to see sales and marketing, HR and other stuff. So with HR, we might have started on the simple stuff again. We'd start with what's easier and more repetitive. So we would do things like an HR on onboarding documentation, the types of forms and procedures, where to get that information. For sales, it would be uh, sales presentations, the branding, uh, the type of tools. So we would create these tool sets that would allow sales folks, especially new folks coming in, to learn from the folks that were more senior and had a, built up a lot of collateral material over the years to be able to have access to what worked. Uh, have polished stuff that they could quickly grab, customize, and get out there without having to reinvent the wheel. Uh, and same thing with marketing. We would look at things like creating templates or even contracts, right, where we're writing sales contracts, common language that could be cut and pasted. So what would have taken, let's say, two months to write a large proposal could now be done in a few couple days with standard language, right, where you fill in the blank kind of stuff. Uh, and that created a, a level of consistency. A, 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 we were able to spend less time creatively writing documents like contracts or rewriting the sales presentation and more time engaging the actual customer and having a conversation yeah. to close the deal. <laughs> so what a surprise. So, you know, and of course, some of that uh, was driven also by technology. So as we sort of evolved this, uh, these tools, so did the technology change and sort of forced us to kind of rethink. How would we take what was in Word and convert it into PowerPoint? Or how would we take what was in PowerPoint and convert it into a PDF? Uh, take what was on a computer and convert it into what, what is now visible on a cell phone. Uh, so as, as time sort of uh, evolved with the type of technologies and stuff that we would face, so did our processes uh, have to mature. And so even though we've made huge gains with transitioning from the manufacturing into the service world, 
And a break in service, by the way, into two categories, what we call transactional, where there's no human being, let's say, on the other end, like a, uh, a banking transaction, for example. But it's not physical, right? It's a virtual thing versus a customer facing. Like if I walk into a restaurant or I'm having a sales call, there's a customer on the other side that I'm engaging with. And so the types of processes would have to be designed to deal with those different types of uh, situations. But what we want to do is have a process that as we as we lock this down uh, in one particular situation, let's say for this, how we'd work with marketing in, in let's say, a virtual world, as that changed to a cell phone, or that changed with social networking, um, you know, as that evolved out of nowhere. Those types of things force us to relook at those processes again. And so even though we've locked them down and made some huge process improvements on them, it, it seems to be one of those things where you got to keep coming back and, and looking at it again and finding continuous improvement in ways to, to build this even better and better every, every day. So if I'm, if I'm a current uh, head of marketing, whether it's a manufacturing business or financial services, and I'm trying to improve my customer experience, how do I take the principles of Lean and Six Sigma and apply them towards my customer? So, because I'm, I'm engaging with my customer through many different channels globally. All right. Well, I think with anything, uh, you know, Lean Six Sigma is not a, um, something you just dive into and you, you know, you read an article on it and you start applying this. So, so I would start with, there is some education. There is some uh, common terminology that you'd want to understand. There's an actual methodology here. Uh, and I, I kind of look at, I try to explain this to folks, is the methodology is sort of like cooking, right? So you you might know how to cook. You might be a great cook. But uh, cooking is uh, a process. It's not the same process every time, but it's common, the type of stuff. You know, we, we have to go select the food. There's a prep. There is uh, heating the oven and things. And, there are things that you have to do to get ready before you actually start cooking the meal. Uh, there's how long you put it in the oven and stuff. So there's a process that we would use to preparing a meal. Uh, that's what I would call the actual methodology. And so you have to actually learn what the methodology is so that you don't uh, – because the, level, the order of activities, the types of activities you'd want to do, you'd want to understand that, make time for it, and incorporate that into your marketing your, your marketing model, uh, your sales model, your customer-facing model. Uh, the other side of the coin is the actual tools themselves. Now, the tools I would refer to kind of like, back to our cooking analogy, would be like spices in the kitchen. There's all kinds of spices in the kitchen. Now, you don't throw all the spices in one meal, right? There's, so there's picking the right spice, and there's how much spice do you put on there. And that's that's creative in a little bit, in a little way. You can decide what your flavor is, right, how much you want. But there is some uh, recipes out there that we would follow that work really well. So, for example, how you might prepare a certain meal, pizza, let's say, it has some common spices, some common processes that you might use repetitively. So what you'd want to do is understand the tools that might apply for the types of meals you'd be making. All right? In this case, the types of Lean Six Sigma techniques and tools you would apply to your particular marketing situation would be different than, the, let's say, the tools and techniques you'd use in a different marketing situation. Oh, what, what, would be, uh, what would be the benefit of me picking a Lean and Six Sigma approach over doing it just organically or doing something with Agile? I mean, how, how does that help me get to where I want to go better than if I used a different method? 
No, great question. Uh, and by the way, you can actually have a method and it still apply Lean Six Sigma to it. It doesn't interfere with an existing method. Uh, and the reason that is is that it's, it's it's enhancing what's already out there. It doesn't replace it. So, for example, if you are, but one of the key reasons you do this would be that it's repeated, repetitive. It allows you to consistently do the same approach in the same way. For example, when I when I traveled to the United Kingdom, I went to McDonald's, and I was surprised that the burger I ate at McDonald's tasted exactly like the burger I had over here in Boston. And the reason that is, it's a repetitive process. So they've locked that down so that the, the preparation process is identical. When when I interact with Walmart, I walk into a Walmart store. There's usually a greeter. That's the process that they train and develop and use when someone walks in the store in Walmart down here in Boston versus over in Florida, pretty much the same. And that's because they've standardized that process. From a marketing perspective, I don't want to be sending a, a message that this is what our business is about, what our product and service is about, to one group in a different way than I'm presenting that to another. Because we would look at variation as uh, one of the sources of waste and one of the sources of, uh, of pain from a customer perspective. So we're looking for repetitive this would be one benefit and because we're repetitive we don't have the level of mistakes we want to find what works and we want to be able to get that done right without making the defects all the time so what that then allows us to uh, to create a value a value-added process uh, uh, a top level experience if you would for the customer uh, then having to uh, experiment if you would with hopefully trying to find something that might work right we want to have confidence that we're going to have success in our results so lean six sigma can help help us sort of mature the types of marketing efforts and the avenues and the techniques that we're going to use and make sure that we're able to do that consistently and get that message out the right way uh, so we can ensure basically success of that campaign okay now, um, because it is a process and it does take time, and in today's business climate, everyone wants results yesterday. So how do you manage those expectations if someone is thinking about applying Lean Six Sigma? Well, I would say that if it's your first time, you might want to get yourself a coach right, to help you uh, with learning how to use the specific tools. Like anything, there's just a practice and just getting the first couple times through. It's not that hard as far as the types of tools you would use. But there's, and some of these, by the way, might come naturally. For example, in marketing, a lot of the folks are going to be interacting with the sales team. In fact, one of the probably the biggest business challenges I see out there is how do you integrate the marketing with the sales process so that we can actually test the effectiveness of the marketing by dollars, right, with actual results. Uh, now, marketing, as far as the activities we do, are very different, if you would, than the types of activities we do with sales. But in a lot of cases, we can actually integrate the two. In other words, during the sales process, we can be marketing, right? And, uh, so, and vice versa. So there's there's some synergies between them. So what we want to do is understand how to collaborate in a team environment so that we're not doing something in marketing that's different than what the sales folks is doing. We'd want to make sure that the message and the branding that we would be using in marketing is consistent with the branding that's being uh, that, 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 that represents the company. All right. Uh, let, let me give you an example of that. You know, one of my favorite companies that I like out there is uh, is is Nike. Okay. Uh, 
when I when I think about Nike and I look at their marketing, what's amazing about Nike is that uh, they have a consistent theme. Everything's about winning. So if you're reading a magazine, you're watching a social network ad, a, a TV commercial, it's about Nike. You'll find that every visual that they put in front of you is in the uh, is in the act of winning, regardless of what sport. Hands are in the air. We're winning. Yeah. And so you associate the brand with the emotion. And that's part of the sales process, right? So if you want to be a winner, you buy you buy Nike, right? So you got that sort of that those that emotional connection with the customer, with the brand and image that they're that they're they they can continue to reinforce regardless of the media that they're gonna to use to do that. So that's a repetitive process. So there's there's some creativeness with the team to determine what is the emotion? What is the value? What is the product that we want to represent? How do we tie those two together? And then the process of actually putting it out there, writing the content, putting the visuals together, that's where Lean Six Sigma tools can come into play to help us sort of organize that material in a way that we can reuse that. Uh, even though the, the sport teams might change, we're still looking for the winning image, right? So for Lean Six Sigma, we want to understand the customer. It's a customer-driven methodology. It's a data-driven methodology. So the customer market, the tools we would use at Lean Six Sigma are quite defined. We have things like uh, customer segmentation, where marketing is actually really good at trying to understand how the customer might be different in one location versus another, or between age groups, or between um, some other you know, ethnic, or some other male-female, some other... Um, way to characterize or segment the customer market, age even. Uh, and so as we look at um, the market itself, the customer, we want to be able to understand its demographics so we can target those messaging towards that demographic uh, so we can get a consistent theme for that group. The other thing that we'd want to do is you maybe use tools what we call voice of the customer. Now, we, we call it voice of the customer, but it's really simple. As It's not just a matter of going out and talking to the customer and listening to them about what their needs and wants are, but it's also being able to quantify that into some measurable metric. And it's a measurable metric that we want to have consistency in being able to measure because the customer is measuring us with this metric, whether we want it or not. For example, Nike. When I go and buy Nike, it's not because I want to be a winner. That's the message that, market, that the marketing team sends out to me. What I want is a shoe, a sneaker, that's not going to fall apart. It's going to be uh, affordable. Right? In fact, all customers want the same three things, it seems, regardless of the business. They want things to be better, they want them to be faster, and they want them to be cheaper. <laughs> so how do I measure that? Okay, How does the customer measure that? So I want to understand that different segments may measure that in different ways. So by going out and talking to the customer so I can understand what their requirements are, how they're measuring success of the company, of the product, and the brand, is critical for me to establish those metrics and then be able to incorporate that into the marketing approach so I can actually measure how well is the is the company actually doing with their with their product, with their um, with those measures. Right, because I don't I don't want to market something that's dissatisfying dissatisfying my customer. So from a lead six sigma perspective, we would be using tools like voice of the customer, which called critical quality trees, 
we would be maybe doing what's called Kano, K-A-N-O, Kano analysis that allows us to differentiate the types of needs and wants that the customer would have into three different categories, satisfiers, dissatisfiers, and delighters. And delighters being things that are like temporary surprises, right? I didn't expect to have that happen. But so, slowly, I, I want to make sure I have a model where, where when, I'm, when I'm done doing this, let's say, assessment of the customer, I'm actually walking away with understanding what their needs and wants are. I'm able to measure those. I, I can understand them from different segments. I can understand where their pain points are. I've actually walked the experience of the customer. I've walked in their shoes and I've called the same phone number we said was available for them for help support and actually see what the experience is like to see if that was helpful or not. I've actually clicked on the website and gone through the same process that they had to do to buy something to see if it was working, if it was easy, how I could shorten the number of steps. So these are the just initial pieces of Lean Six Sigma, just listening, understanding, knowing what types of things we would want to improve. So we're focusing on the most important things, not just to the business, but to the customer, uh, and getting those things cleaned up and fixed, if you would, uh, first. There's a prioritization that's taking place in that beginning set of tools. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Um, fantastic insights. So I uh, really appreciate it. Uh, we, <laughs> I, I wish we had more time. <laughs> we might have to do a part two. But uh, thank you so much for sharing uh, some great insights from Lean and Six Sigma and how they apply to our modern sales and marketing environment. So, Stephen, I really appreciate your expertise and being on the program today. You're welcome, Jeff. All Thanks. right. Thank you. All right.